welcome to the Central Rangers today. You all know that Tottenham are shit. Tottenham Hotspur are shit. Hello, welcome back to the Mr. Arsenal podcast for the match reaction to the Arsenal 3, Liverpool 2. We are top of the league. This is brilliant. I cannot believe it. We, we are nine games in, eight wins and one defeat. <laughs> this is brilliant. Can we just fast forward to the season and we'll get the trophy? <laughs> if only, if only. Oh, if only, yeah. As you can see, I'm joined by Andrew and newbie to the channel, making his debut on the channel. Greg, how you doing, guys? Very well, thank you, mate. Good, nice to meet you, Greg. Nice to meet yourself. Uh, yeah, we'll just get into it. Got obviously Russ is in the chat, very unhappy Liverpool fans in the chat. (laughs) Says it's not a pen. (laughs) 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 But yeah, we'll start with Greg because I think it's on his debut and I want to get his thoughts on the game yesterday. And because he, we were chatting just before and a couple hours before, and then he called it in terms of. Saka getting a brace. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on not just yesterday's game, but the season how it's going so far? We've just we've just seen unfazed by anything that's thrown at us. We're not. Again, yeah. I, I, I saying last night. What was it? Twice we got pegged back, pegged back yesterday by Liverpool, and years gone by. Even doing that once, our heads would have been down, licking our wounds. We're so, feeling sorry for ourselves, and not. We're not having that this season. It's literally, okay, no, we've, we've made the mistake or we've let them back in, whatever. Now we're going to punish them for that. And we go again. We rebuild. We go again. We don't. We fight until the very last second of the game, no matter what. Most definitely. Um, I think we're a different beast this season. I think what Arteta has done, as much as on the physical side, I think mentally, we're just in a different place than what we have been for many seasons. As you say, there was a time not too long ago, that a game at home against Liverpool, you'd be saying, I'll take a draw. But that, that, that's not the attitude from the fans or the players this season. So the, the work that Arteta has done, the character that the players are showing, it is it's just brilliant to see. Absolutely. Yeah, Andrew, will you want to add, add on to that? And what, again, your thoughts on the game yesterday as well. Well, I mean, where'd you start on the game yesterday? <laughs> That's, I mean, <laughs> right from the first minute, mate. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we don't win that game last season. Um, right. There's no way we win that game last season. We, As soon as they peg us back, I mean, even if we've got it to 2-1 ahead, when they peg us back to 2-2 again, we just don't go on and win that game. I would, I would almost be certain that we'd go on and lose that game 3-3 three, three or... Or four two, but we're a different beast this season. It's unbelievable. We just don't. We have a never say die attitude. I mean, in the um, Aaron Ramsdale interview he had after the, the North London derby, he gave a lot of that away. He said it's just a fire inside, didn't he? And 
Um, if people, if the other team score, we don't care. Not in that respect, like as if you know, we want team to score. It doesn't matter, but we don't care. It doesn't affect us anymore. Um, we'll go ahead and, and carry on playing our football, and we know that we're going to get more chances. I mean, we. I mean, the, the stats after the game were just you know, regards to the shots on target and the the touches in the opposition penalty box. I mean, we had forty six, and it's the second highest that any team has ever had against Liverpool since records began. And mm. who was the other team? Hmm, can you guess? I wonder. It's really not a really tough one. Man City were yeah. the only other team that ever had more touches inside the Liverpool penalty box than we did yesterday. It was phenomenal. And um, just the attitude change inside the whole club, which has fed back to us fans, obviously, mm. as well, and everyone surrounding the club. It's just phenomenal uh, in the last couple of years. It's just... Um, such a turnaround it's, it's brilliant so yeah I mean that, I mean, we will talk in more depth about the game I'm sure as the, as the show progresses mm. but from the minute one we were on it weren't we I mean there's a lot been said since yesterday on other podcasts and, and so on that we didn't have the best first half because we sort of lost slightly lost control of it a bit you know from about the 20th minute onwards mm. but you know we're playing one of the best teams in Europe and um, we weren't going to dominate the game from start to finish. I don't know what people were expecting. I wasn't expecting that in the slightest. I, you know, I thought we had a bit more possession and control of the game than, you know, I was expecting. Um, but we control, we, you know, we, they, throughout that sort of first half period where they were dominating a bit, they didn't create too much. They didn't have many shots on target. You know they weren't ripping us to shreds or anything like that. We we were still we were sitting back as as teams naturally do when other teams start to come uh, onto us. But they let's not let's not get this twisted. They had to win that game yesterday. They were desperate to win it. They brought yeah. their A game. They put out a very very strong side. Four you know major attacking forces on their on the pitch for them, and we still had more shots than them. More shots on target than them. You know, when does that happen, really, against a, a Liverpool side? So, so, for all their faults they've had this season, don't forget the season they had last season, where they had where they played every single possible game that they could in every competition. They're a bloody good side still. Yes, they're in a bit of a uh, tricky patch at the moment, but it's still a quality, quality side with good quality players on the pitch. Mm. And they were checking out. I mean, midway through the second half, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, the manager basically threw the towel in by taking Salah off. Um, I can't remember who the other player who took off was. Maybe oh, Jota. Or um, Jota went off, didn't Jota, he? Yeah. Jota yeah. Time, and yeah. they brought and they brought on Canate and uh, Fabinho. You know, yeah. to, to try and shore up shop uh, to all because we were dominating the game so much in the second half. It was mm. honestly, I'll I'll leave it there because I could just carry on obviously throughout for ages about the whole game yesterday. But give <laughs> give Greg a chance. But um, yeah, it, it was just just phenomenal, just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, up to the sort of line, I was going three 0 three 0 all the way. Arsenal win three 0 and then I sort of line, I thought, okay, they'll score. They will score. It'd be three one, but they'll score. And we barely got like, we, anyone. If you're watching it at home or at the stadium, you're barely getting in your seats, respectively, and the ball's in the net, and you're thinking, <laughs> what the hell it's, is going? It's almost on? surreal, isn't it? It's almost it's, surreal. It's, 
I honestly, I was so gutted. I'm sorry to cut. I missed the actual live goal when I turned the game on because I was coming rushing back, absolutely rushing back from my son's football match, and we just walked in through the door, just around, literally bang on half four. By the time I got the telly on and everything like that, they were celebrating the goal. I mean, obviously, I went ballistic, <laughs> but I missed uh, until they showed the replays. I, I think missed the goal, but yeah, I mean, unbelievable. But look, I mean, obviously, the first, we stopped with the first goal. The way we just it was a first attack as well. Obviously, we've got the, we get the ball, Sleva eventually gets the ball, and he's going to try, passes it out, goes, gets eventually to Saka, he runs down the wing, passes it out of the The way he just spots the run of Martinelli before anyone else and just throws that ball through the defence, and the defence is. Because the, the defence of what they are, what they've been this season, they just stood there. They've obviously, in their positions, kept Martinelli onside in the split second he needed to be onside. But it, just, it, was, it was sort of surreal to think we, it, was, it, it was made that easy to get through them so, so quickly. And then obviously the second goal we'll get onto a bit later. It's pretty, it's pretty much similar. We sort of, again, just exposed them for... The, the aging squad that they are becoming as well. We've got to add that to the equation. This is an aging squad with the third, is it the third on average uh, oldest squad in the league. And we were the uh, second, we're the second youngest on average. Going by Sky stats yesterday, um, it came up on the screen when I was watching the game. And um, but it's just, it was just, as you say, it was just surreal to be on them so quickly. And there was that fear in the there's obviously because I did a watch one, there's a fear in the chat that we scored too early, that they're gonna upset them, they're gonna come at us. And like you say, we did lose control the first half at one for for a big chunk of that half. It was like for me, I was saying it in the stream as well, it was like we were play it's like the players that were showing Liverpool the respect of the Liverpool from last season. The swashbuckling Liverpool that went, as you say, every game possible they could play, they played. And forgetting that this is, and for for that brief twenty minute period, they forgot this is a Liverpool on their knees at the moment. And the second they realised that, we punished them again. And again, we've, got, we've got that ruthlessness about us. We've got the end product now. Something we lacked last year, with all due respect to Lacazette and Bamyang. I keep saying it. Zayzu's been in the in attacking three now. This has not just helped us out in terms of having a strike, a striker that can help us out in scoring goals and creating goals, but it's helping out the likes of Martinelli play. He's going to his best abilities at the moment. Obviously, even get even better. Saki on the other side, but Odegaard has got someone he can pick out as well. And even from a, from a depth, from it's like sleeping and ping a ball all the way. So we've got options now, and it's 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 refreshing to see. I'm loving what we're. I'm loving what I'm seeing. I cannot, I'm losing. I'm not used to having these sort of positive chats this far into the season. <laughs> but I'm loving oh, it. Yeah. And um, as you say, I think it got to a point where at 2 2 in the second half, it, I was confused. I was like, why is, he, why is he doing it? Why is he tapping out when he's got a chance? It's 2 2. It's two, two. It's got, it could have gone it, it could have gone either way if he really wanted to, wanted to go for it. But it's like, because of the situation, it felt like because of the situation they're in as a whole this season. That he's just like we've got, we've got we've got at least a point here. Just try and protect it and get out of a point. Mm. Maybe I'm thinking before kickoff. Maybe he thought like like everyone else in the, in the media outside of Arsenal. This is this is this the uh, this start that we've had was going to come to a grinding halt yesterday because Liverpool come and 
Liverpool show up and do what they usually do in the last few years. Is this the beginning of the end for Liverpool in terms of this current squad? Because again, we again we spoke about it in the group chats as well. They're not a young. They're not. This ain't a young squad. I've mentioned it before. The third oldest squad in the league on average. They've got Hen. They've got lots of the midfield pivot partnership yesterday of uh, Henderson and Thiago, both thirty plus. Um, Alison Becker's hitting. He's, he's he's thirty plus. Van Dijk, Matip, um, Robinson, who's, who was out yesterday, he's he's hitting his thirties. So most of their squad are put, pushing at the end of their time, their career wise, the peak of their powers. And we're just starting. And I think yesterday's result and performance from Arsenal and the players in general showed that there's a shift in power in terms of, as I say in the title, young guns, the young guns gunned down the old guard. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I was going to say. I think as as much as that, the age definitely plays a factor. Their big players just have not turned up this season. I think mm. Salah, in particular, a guy that, yeah, a match winner. You know, moment of magic. You know, can change everything for Liverpool. Just, just, just hasn't been on it. And I think yesterday sort of epitomised that with him being hooked as early as he was. At you know. I think he got taken off at two-two, unless I'm mistaken. You know, yeah. Liverpool of old, but like you, you mentioned, Andy would have gone on and won that game. You know, getting back to two-all, Arsenal would have crumbled. Mm. And I, I just think it's quite telling that either Klopp doesn't have the faith in the players that he once did. Um, I don't know how big a miss Mane is. I know obviously that's you know a hot topic, and I think they're definitely lacking uh, the quality that Mane brought. I thought Diaz looked good. Um, not that you ever like to see a, a player get injured, but, you know, he, he was having some success. So when he went off, you know, that, that was quite notable. Not that Ben White wasn't doing a good job, but that was a good battle. Um, but something's just not clicking with Liverpool this season at all. Um, a lot of their experienced go-to players just are not performing. And, I mean, already at this stage, with them being, you know, as many points as they are behind us, let alone, you know, where they're going to be like with the likes of City, etc. You do worry whether or not they're going to be like a top four contender this season because, you know, something needs to start happening for Liverpool and soon, um, especially with the World Cup coming up. Um, you know, something's got to happen for them because they're going to be out of it um, like before Christmas at this rate. I think yeah, and my heart bleeds. <laughs> <laughs> my sentiments exactly... <laughs> I have no. After no, what I, mean, I heard afterwards as well, well, after what I heard about the, the, the traveling fans yesterday after the match, no sympathy. Nope. No, no. no. I just um, think that every team has a cycle, doesn't it? And this is coming mm. to their end. And we're. Well, you mentioned that last we've year. We've been saying for the last couple of years that we need to be ready for this. We need to be ready mm. for when this city cycle comes to an end or the which is very, very, very unlikely, or the Liverpool cycle comes to an end. <laughs> the only way that the City cycle will come to an end is obviously when eventually Pep moves on and maybe a new manager comes in and can't quite get a grasp of all the, the egos he's got there in the dressing room or something like that, can't quite get it to jail and then they have to find someone else and someone else. Um, but we knew that the Liverpool cycle was coming to an end at some point and we had to be ready and it looks like we're ready. And that's the most exciting thing. I think the way things are going right now, um, you can't argue with the fact that we could be the ones that are, 
have already taken over <laughs> Liverpool in the race to sort of try and keep up with Man City because that's what all it is now. Let's face it. Um, with regards to title race, I mean Liverpool have been turned done incredible things the last four seasons or, or more, getting over ninety points and but they've only mm. only won the title once. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, but it looks like we are the team that were ready and timed it perfectly to take over their mantle now. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, Greg, I've said it before. So, but with regards to Salah, I think that. The biggest mistake they've made is giving him so much money. I think he's just he's got what he wants now. He doesn't have to play for a new contract anymore. He's settled. He's he's set for life. Obviously, four hundred grand a week. You know, he hasn't got to try anymore. And I'm not saying that he's not professional enough not to try. But when you've got a burning hunger inside you to prove <coughs> to the world that you you are still there and you still warrant this new contract, you're a different player. <laughs> it's just no, that it's, I fully agree. Yeah, and now he's got it. He's there in. Uh, they're stuck with him. I mean, he's he's thirty plus, um, or just a twenty nine thirty something like that, and they're stuck with him now for however many. I think it's five year contract they gave him, wasn't it? Gave a big contract as well for the for his age. Four hundred grand a week, reportedly. Yeah. I think that's what I've read. And uh, yeah, plus bonuses. They've got an Urzil Urzil slash Abamyang situation on their hands now. Uh, no one's going to take him off their that hands. Way. So let me get that vine in out one second. Yeah, exactly. We've been there. We've been there. But to to, to actually rebuild that Liverpool squad is, is going to be a massive, massive undertaking. They have got some good young, young players coming through. And I don't want to... We've been talking for the last five, ten minutes just about Liverpool, not ourselves, but uh, don't want to carry on too much longer. But they've got some good young players coming through. Are they going to be of the requisite quality that they're going to be replacing? It's up for debate yet. Yeah, it's not... You know, it could be. Um, but it's a massive job they've got on their hands, and whether that's going to be uh, Jurgen Klopp that's going to be given the time and the money to do that, we'll have to wait and see. But in the meantime, we can make hay while the sun shines as Arsenal. I mean, you know, we are the second best team in the in the country at the moment, and we're 14 points ahead of this great Liverpool side. So, mm. you know, it's looking looking pretty damn good at the moment. And if, if things go our way on this Sunday coming, we beat Leeds and they lose to City, we'll add, add, add another three on top of that. Yeah. I think you even Going count with... Liverpool out at that point, don't you? If, if that yeah. does happen this weekend. I think even yeah. if we were yeah. to go on a on a bit of a run, I don't think we're dropping, especially the way Liverpool are playing, you just don't see where their next win is going to come from at the moment. Well, no, it was exactly. it playing last night as well for at full, at 14 point gap already. Arsenal would have to lose six games and they'd go on a six-game losing streak or at some point lose six games throughout the season and still drop enough points for Liverpool to gain on us. And he doesn't see that them, them being able to do that already. No. And if you, again, as I just got the conversation yesterday before we ended the stream, it was, if you said to us before back in pre-season that you, you come full-time against Liverpool, you'll be 14 points ahead of them and top of the league by a point or two, whatever it is, you would have sent yourself to the loony bin. Whoever told it, you would have sent to the loony bin because you wouldn't have believed it because of how used to seeing Liverpool and what Klopp's made Liverpool in the last few years. You would never expect them to fall off like this. Yeah. And But at the same time, we've got to go back to Arsenal. We've got to talk about Arsenal now in terms of... That's, this is a... what. What Arteta's done, what um, Edu as well, and the, 
the people in general at the club, everyone everyone that's backed and worked with Arteta since he's walked through the door, even in that troublesome period that we've had, getting to this day, you've got to say hats up, applause to everyone, a massive applaud and hats off to everyone that backed him behind the scenes and got behind him. And that, and that includes Josh Cronkey, because we've seen in the documentary, does he does reach out? He is concerned for his for people and their health and mental health and all. And they're going and he was going through that tough period as well. But he got behind his he got behind the guy he hired. He didn't just panic and press the. And it's we're bearing we're we're bearing the fruits of that joy now in terms of we've now as Andrew said we've built the team now we've and the timing is just right where one of the top two has fallen off. Obviously, Man City would be Man City's Man City at the moment with fucking the robot up up front. But um, we've timed it just right to get ourselves into conversation, not just for the Champions League spot now, to be possibly the only team that pushes City now, makes makes them work for their title, not just walk away with it. And what better person to do it than the Pep, the, uh, Pep Guardiola's former apprentice, basically. What, I fancy what's our chances like? against them, genuinely. What? Again, no need to fear anyone, is there? No, the thing is, I know we've got to play Man City twice this season at some point, probably late and more likely later on in the second half of the season in 2023, home and away, because obviously our our home game was postponed uh, recently. But I fancy fancy us to get something, get three points at home and get something at the end. I fancy, I've that, and this is the thing that. I like now that I go into games, no matter who we play, be it Liverpool or City, and I and I I I can get beyond my team in the sense of I believe my team can get out, go there, go to respect their their respective place uh, grounds, and get something, and make and make the opposition work. And that's so not something that, that as an Arsenal work, fan yeah. we've been able to say for the longest time, is it? No, and don't forget last season when we all know that we should have won that game against them at home on New Year's Day, we are a much stronger side now. Look at the forward line we, we've got now. I mean, we didn't have a, a registered we didn't properly have a forward during during that period, did we? We've got the thing is we've also got a spine there. We've got a complete spine going through from goalkeeper all the way through now. We'd always have a spine, but it was never solid enough, basically, in the last few years. And we've got players that can come in as well that you're not cringing at or having to play out of position because they're coming in and they're they're as good as the players that they're replacing. And I think that the the squad depth this season is phenomenal. How Arteta has managed to keep the players that he wanted to, keep them happy Mm -hmm. as well. Because obviously there's players not playing at the moment, but there's no Mm -hmm. sense that they're not enjoying playing for the football club. You know, we're... We're finally acting like a big club. We're not having to rely on, you know, fringe players to come in and play in these big games. Mm. And yesterday, when Tierney comes on, you know, I, you know, I'd rate Tierney as, as good as any left back in the league. You know, to be able mm. to bring him off the bench, you know, for Arsenal in the last what decade, we, we've not had that quality on the bench. No. So yeah, no. as you say, I, I don't fear anyone at this stage whatsoever. I mean, talk, let's talk talk about that just for a second. So, if it's all right, Ryan. I mean, when yeah, the well. first um, squad came out, you know, before kickoff. I mean, what was everyone's reaction about you know Tommy Asu starting a left back? I mean, 
I have to admit, I wasn't I wasn't worried, but I was a bit shocked. I mean, I think in Tierney's been fantastic the last few games. Mm. I think he's really back to his best, and I think his best is getting better since he's been learning this new role. Because I mean, he's been yeah. tasked with doing this Zinchenko role at left back. And I said to Ryan, I think it was last week, maybe the week before. You know, he as each game's been progressing, he's been looking better and better in that position. So when um, the squad list came out, yeah, I mean, I was quiet for about three or four seconds. It really took me surprise, surprise. But I mean, what a masterstroke it turned out to be in hindsight with Tommy Asu. I mean, Tommy Asu, I can genuinely say, I don't think he literally put a foot wrong in the whole game. I mean, he was faultless, absolutely faultless and sublime. I think... I think apart from Santi Cazorla, can you think of any other player that Arsenal have ever had that's better, more two-footed than he has? He is. I phenomenal, can't. isn't he? Phenomenal. In the Emirates era, not really. Let's be honest. Honestly, I think he's just brilliant. I mean, that performance... I mean, I'm not going to do the old pocket joke about, you know, all that sort of stuff that's been done to <laughs> death. But, I mean, no one got any change out of him, did they? I mean... Salah literally hooked at half, you know, an hour into the game. Their best player hooked because he was just so frustrated. Just brilliant, honestly. I mean, yeah. What were you, what were you guys thinking about about it when you saw that he was starting at left back? Um, I think every man and his dog would have put money on the fact that uh, KT would have started at left back. I think it was the the obvious decision to make, especially as you say, the way that he's been playing recently. He almost sort of he deserved that start, and I think even if Zinchenko was mm. fit, I think he would have pushed Zinchenko. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, you see Tommy Asu, and you see the you know you go straight onto Twitter um, just to get the feedback, and there was a lot of people doubting the selection, um, questioning the, the decision. Um, mm. But you know he's he's come in, and you know, bear in mind you know he's not had a, a, a run of games this year either. Um, no. I was up I was up at the Emirates on Thursday. And, you know, we won and, and he looked decent, but he was very critical of his own performance. And I, I like that from players. Um, yeah. So it's not like he's had a, a run of four or five games to find his mojo. He's just come in and, you know, let's not lose sight of the fact, you know, I know that we touch on the fact that Salah's not performing like he was and Liverpool aren't. But on their day, they're as good as anyone. Mm, so, yeah. you know, he had, a, he had a big responsibility. And as you say, you know, just, just fantastic. Just and he was playing out of position. You know that that's the other point. You know he's he's two footed, but at, mm. by trade he's a centre half or a right back. Yeah. So, you know again that, that you know that that goes back to the, the the squad that we've got. Players that can play in a variety of positions. You're not worried when these players come in now. You're you're confident that they can do as good a job as the guy that they're replacing. Exactly. Yeah, we technically yeah. we had four four centre backs on in defence, didn't we yesterday? And, You'd never have known that. I mean, because the no. way they play, so dynamic. I mean, don't get me started on on um, Ben White. I mean, how good was he as well? I mean, my word. Hell, Honestly, I, I mean, if ben let's White, not get on to the Gareth Southgate debate either I, I, again. I, 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 I say, if he's not in that England squad for the World Cup, playing for the top team in the country as it stands, in form, out of playing in form, out of position as well, not even his natural position, then. We all know Southampton screwed us, but bloody hell, that'd be I mean, suicide. Honestly. That'd be suicide. 
Because well, you're getting to the situation now where you can't say he's playing out of position because he's one of the best right backs in the you know, league. But you know what I'm saying? Say, yeah, yeah. He, prefers, he, he prefers to be in the centre back role. Whereas, well, yeah, obviously. Even but... last season, he was playing, obviously, obviously he didn't have the choice in terms of every now and then he played, every now and then he played a full back. But it's now where it's from match day one, he's not complained either. He's never complained. He's got on of his job. And look at the players he's gone up against from day one. Zaha, obviously, um, what was it, Diaz yesterday. Uh, what was it uh, last week? He went up against. He was doing. Son, I mean, like, you know, Son's not in the best of form over the course of the season. Son, um, and not Ronaldo because Ronaldo's been benched from day two, basically. But he's gone up against top quality players on that left wing coming at him. He's and he's nine times out of ten pocketed them, with all due respect to them, and he's put a sh- he puts a shift in. He actually puts it again. As I say. On the pitch and off the pitch, even you don't hear a murmur of him complaining. And this is what we he's said just about dynamic as well. We said he's, this he's, back he's, the, he's, sorry, the back end of last brilliant. season, we said this. Sorry, the back end of last season, we said um, about El Nenny. Obviously, mm. a year prior to that, he'd been told surplus of requirements, going to find a new club. He fought, he fought his way. And I'm not, I'm not comparing this, this at this point. I'm not comparing Ben White and El Nenny at this point, but what I'm going to go on to say is comparing. In terms of, he fought, got himself back into the squad, and he never complained. He, he, he was he was happy to be a squad player. He came out and said famously, he wants to sign a new deal. He would take a pay cut to play for Arsenal, El Nenny, and obviously he got the contract. Mm. And he's he's got on with it. I know he's injured at the moment. And then Rob Holding's another one, another one. Sorry, good defender. Good, he, he proved. Dividends for us last season when we called upon last year, but he gets on with it. He gets, he doesn't complain about being oh. a squad player. He gets on with it. Did you see him in the second half, right, warming up on the side of the pitch, yeah. literally <laughs> giving everyone encouragement, raving his arms around and sh- punching the air. And he was brilliant. Yeah. But when was the last time we saw that as well from the, yeah. from the substitutes? I think yeah. it's absolutely brilliant. What, what uh, just, just that's that's me. Other phone. Apologies, gents. Um, I don't know if you saw it as well, slightly off, but just talking about celebrations, the Zinchenko, when he celebrated the... Uh, I've seen the yeah. video, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Again, I just think it just adds to the, the feel-good factor around Arsenal at the moment. It's brilliant to see. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, really, yeah, really good. Yeah. Uh, Russ is in the chat. He's saying, five league matches left before the World Cup break. How good would it be to be top during that period? That'd be, that'd be fantastic. Just to piss off the media and Liverpool fans and Man City fans and everyone else. And the Obviously, top fans, obviously. It's <laughs> just pissed World everyone Cup. off. Just to piss everyone off to be top the, going to going the World Cup. It's the biggest inconvenience ever. I mean, it's just like the worst <laughs> international break of all time, isn't it? Of every season oh. it could have happened, it's when Arsenal are flying high. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It would happen, yeah, as you said, when we're flying high, top of the league and pissing everyone else off. We have to we have to suffer for a month and wait to and wait till Boxing Day. Yay! Oh, it's just going to be well, so depressing. Like... Yeah, it's... especially with Gareth Southgate managing our team as well. God's sake! God, <laughs> I'd rather oh, pull all my uh, fingernails out with some tweezers <laughs> like in what Gareth Southgate's England team. I'll pre record some games with some watch songs and pre recorded games that never had, that happened like 10 years ago <laughs> instead of watching the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh dear, but no, but it, it would be fantastic to be top of the league going into going into that World Cup high hiatus, as they say. Um, big, we're gonna, we're gonna touch on it now because it was mentioned by the, our resident Liverpool fan before. I don't know if he's in the chat still, but first half, there's an incident. I don't think it was a penalty myself. I don't know if you guys will agree with me, but Gabriel, the Gabriel handball. Do you think it was a pen? I don't think it was. The reason I don't think it was, though, was because Gabriel is literally next to the attacker. His arm is his arms are close up, attached to his body. Is like that. He's got no time for the ball thing. Wait, hang on a second. His arms were attached to his body, were they? As in, they're not like they're not, they're not like that. Going, do, <laughs> doing the, they're not doing it to focus in the Champions League final. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's literally on top of the defender. And he's got no time from the ball being booted in his direction where his hand is to move his hand out of the way. So if, and it hits his chest anyway, it hits his chest anyway and rolls off his arm, hand, whatever if I can call it. But for me, it wasn't a pen because of the main reason it was pelted so close to him. If, it was, if he'd been two, three players away from like, body, like, body things away from uh, Diaz. Was it Diaz that put the ball in? Either way, uh, then I Jota, you know what, it hit his hand like that, but you know what, he's had time to put, get it away, he didn't, Is a pen. And the fact that he's so close, he's got no time to move his hand out of the way from where it was, for me, it's not a pen. But what do you guys think? You go first, Craig. Um, I personally think we got away with one there, only because similar incidents have happened and penalties have been given. Um if it had happened at the other end, I'd be screaming penalty. So but my, my concern with that particular incident is, and I know what you're saying about his arms being connected to his body. I don't know why a defender needs to have his arms above his waist in that situation. I think the moment you put your arm above your waist and the ball hits it, you're giving the referee something to think about. I think if he gets the ball booted at him from a yard away and his arms are down by his side, then I think the argument is, well, where else are they supposed to be? But whilst they're up here, which they were, um, I think we, we got away with one. I have seen the video today, at the time I didn't, um, where the ball obviously strikes his chest. Now, I don't know what effect that has. Is it similar to sort of like the LBW in cricket? If it's sort of pad before bat, does that play a factor or does that not it make does. a difference? But yeah, It, it does make a bit of a difference, yeah. yeah. If that's the case, it's not a penalty. I, I I just think if the ball hits his hand directly in that instance, I think it's a penalty. Only because I'd expect one up the other end. Not that I think it's a, a fair rule, but I think if you leave your hand up here and you're not a goalkeeper, then you're asking for trouble. Yeah, I, I similar. I I thought that if, in my own head, it shouldn't be a penalty because of the closeness of the situation and the way it hit his arm. And he didn't move his arm to the ball. His arm, no. yes, was up, but the ball hit his arm without him actually moving it towards the ball. So in my head, it, it, that shouldn't be a penalty. But I totally agree with you. I think they are given as a penalty nowadays, even though they change the handball rule every single season. So yep. no one knows whether they're coming or going. What, what should be a penalty. Because remember, two seasons ago, everything was given given as a penalty. It was just ridiculous. 
there's penalties for handball in every single game. But, um, yeah, I don't think it should be a penalty, but I know that it, you know, that because of the way I think the rule should be deemed. But I think we did get away with one. I think it's, you know, it, and I totally agree. You have to use the rule of if that was at the other end, how would I feel? And oh, you'd I have 60,000 people going ape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think we did get away with one. But it's about time. It's about bloody time. We did get a couple of good calls. Um, there's a couple of other situations where I think we could have had a penalty, another penalty ourselves, you know, in, in situations mm. like that. But, I mean, we were lucky on that occasion. I do think I do think so. Um, regarding the smooth, a quick word about the penalty we got, that was a really soft penalty as well. I mean, there's no getting away from it. But, like Roy Keane just said, when you swing your leg in the um, just before this game was on tonight, when you swing your leg like um, Thiago did, like that, and you make contact, then you are opening yourself up to be to, to give a penalty away. So there's a bit of stupidity there. Yes, it was soft, but he kicked the back of his heel. Plus, I don't know whether you guys ever play football and you get kicked in the back of the heel pretty, really hard. It fucking hurts. You it know actually about really it. does hurt. It really hurts. Yep. So, I mean, I don't think... Get, I mean, Jesus maybe put a bit too much on it, you know, to make sure he got noticed and got a penalty. But I bet he was in pain. <laughs> you know, that, that does not go on, you know, uh, without pain, that sort of situation. So, I think it was a bit soft. But I do think it was a penalty at the end of the day. It's one of the oldest cliches in football. But if that happens anywhere else on the pitch, it's a foul. So just yeah. because it's in the box, I don't think somehow it should enter a new you know, category of, well, was there enough contact for the player to go down? As you say, if you're swinging your leg recklessly, trying to win the ball in that situation, similar in some respects to Gabriel last weekend, you know, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you're yeah. making that challenge that you really don't need to make. You can't defend the indefensible. If you're going to put your foot out there and not make contact with the ball, then, you know, it's a penalty. And it's, it's a bit rich of Liverpool fans as well after the... <laughs> You know, three, four, five seasons that they've had with a number of their yeah, players exactly. talking about soft penalties. It's, it's very rich. Yeah, exactly. Even and if, I'll tell you what: if that's if he'd swung, and if he'd hit him slightly higher up in the leg, around his shin, his calf, or whatever, I think more people would have said, "Yeah, that's a pen." I think it's because it hit his foot on the back of his foot. It didn't look so bad to optics. I think yeah. the optics of it. I genuinely think that. I think if he just swung and kicked his shin or the, you know, the side of his leg, it would have looked a lot worse than it did. But yeah. like I said, it, it's, I've had it happen to me several times. It bloody hurts that's when you get not, kicked on the not, heel. Let's not forget what he's shoes. He'll be used as an absolute battering man, but a great graph back yesterday as well. Getting smashed yeah. in the face, deliberately, by the way. Nothing, getting, as I say, getting absolutely battered by this kid and the kid's getting away with it constantly. So, so again, I think that's in the referee's mind that like he's let so much go. Like you say, he's as well. Thiago, like it or not, he threw his feet in an air in the penalty box where he didn't need to. Mm. He hit the back of um, uh, Zayzus's calf, leg, whatever you want to call it. And at the end of the day, by the rules, it's a it's soft, but it's a penalty. Oh my God, what a goal. 
Yeah, it's one one now between uh, Forest and Villa. Forest Ashley Young, Ashley Young, bloody hell, of all people, turning yeah. back the years. Yeah, hope a bird gets in his mouth. But no, um, I'm not. Re- I I wasn't really. Again, I, it was a pen for me. That pen, that our pen was a pen. They should have had been. They should have been. Uh, it got to a point. They should have been down to ten men as well in that game. With uh, to, well, he's I can't pronounce his fucking name. The Greek lad, Simikas. That's it. If, if he, with the amount of challenges, the amount of times he was throwing either Zayzus or Saka or Martinelli over all over the fucking picks like a rag doll. I mean, where, where, where do you stand on the elbow? I mean, it's a red card, isn't it? All yeah. that he's, he's endangering yeah. another player's safety. Yeah, and if you watch the replay, he, it's just like, as Andrew just said, he does it on purpose. He literally looks and goes, There's a glance in there. Yeah. Yeah. And how VAR looked at him went, Nah, that's okay. And, look, and looking at the plate, the fact that from that moment, the, the contact of the elbow to the face, and the fact that Zayzus didn't get straight back up, he needed help to get back up. And thankfully, he wasn't serious enough for him to be have to go off concussed. Because mm. obviously, uh, Gary O'Driscoll, our physio, went on and said he was just about mm. okay to come back on. I don't think he should have come back on. Uh, he was knocked out. Um, yeah. I had this discussion with somebody at work today who's a big yeah. rugby fan, and he said... It, you know, absolutely as ridiculous, much, mate. As much as you want him back on the pitch, you have to look at the player's safety, and the player's always going to want to play. Well, of course, they it? are. But Gary O'Driscoll as well, the, the team physio, the team doctor, sorry. Yeah, he, but he, I'm, I'm he, sorry, but he, he should be someone independent. Rugby, well, so I'm saying he comes from a rugby background as well. In terms of, he should he, be he, someone he, independent. He, he cannot let he, the player will be screaming to to stay on. The, the going, well, I don't think he should, but you know, he'll be speaking to the boss on his. On his iPad, or iPod, uh, AirPods, whatever. I don't think he should come back on, but he's, he's saying he's fine, and the manager will be, don't want to lose him off the pitch. Obviously, our main talisman, but you've got to take it out of ed- everyone's hands in those situations. He was out, and if he'd have had another knock on his head, that it could have been pretty catastrophic. Yeah. So um, I just think it was really reckless, to be honest with you. We, we all wanted him to stay on the pitch. Let's face it, but. When you realised how, I mean, they weren't even showing the replays for once no. for quite a long time, were they? I mean, he, no, exactly. he was. Really the one, reason I bring that up is because I've, all I've seen all day from Liverpool fans online is how is this not a red card in terms of Martinelli crossing the ball in? No. I took a photo as well. They've stopped, pulled the video, screenshotted it, did the rest about of it, and put it online. I'm like, yeah, Spurs top, fans, top fans as well. Yep. Spurs fans yeah. as well. I've seen Spurs fans do it. But I'm like, hang on. Even talk, even talks fucking shite of doing it. It's pissing me off. To the point where I went, okay, they're going in the game. This happens. I'm talking about the elbow thing, the elbow to Zayzus. Or is it because it basically talks shite and all that. They're going, is this a red card? If 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 you believe so, get in contact and all that. I've got Liverpool fans and Tottenham fans giving it large as well. Like, how is that a red card? How is that not a red card? A, it's a fucking cross, and it's a, it's literally a coming together between the two players in the aftermath of the ball being crossed in by Martinelli. Was it malicious? It was. There was no intent. It was a complete coming together, accidental. No malice whatsoever. You cannot say that's a red card. 
and then you, as I said, I then came across the video of Martin gets um, Zayju's getting smacked in the head the way he did, and I went to I put it took shot in it. I went, are you going to bring this up then for a red card, or is it just because it's an Arsenal player getting hurt that you're not going to touch on? Because if it's an Arsenal player cause a potential offence, you'll bring it up. And I'm I'm just sick of the the BS that we seem to get no matter what we're doing. We're top of the fucking league. Because because we are top and doing well this season so far, it's like the media and all that. They need to find something else. To, they need to find something else to poke us with to get a reaction. I, th- I think it just speaks volumes about us and how successful we are that people just don't like our Arsenal being <laughs> near, near the top. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say back back. You know, Arsenal are back. I hate that expression, but no. um, I think it just speaks volumes that that the media. Whether it's a hangover from the Wenger day, I, I don't know what it is, but it does seem as though they praise other teams, uh, and yet Arsenal are that team that you know the moment there's any type of success or things are going well, that they look for that negativity. Were you were you there yesterday, or were you watching on telly? Like, you know what I, mean? I was on TV watching via TV. The, I mean, the, the commentary. I mean, what were your thoughts on the commentary? Because I, I swear to God, one of these days I'm going to launch my remote control yeah. into the TV because. As soon as they, as soon as the match finished, it was like all about Liverpool. Yeah. Nothing about no no prey. I mean, there was so you could hear in the the tone of their voices throughout the game as well. The disappointment. How disappointed yeah. they were that they weren't Liverpool weren't winning. Yeah. Yeah. Driving me mental, mate. Honestly, I what put something on Twitter about it straight away. Men, I can't stand it. Sky, yes. We'll go back to commentators in a sec because I want to I want to get a petition going for Peter Joy to come to Sky. Because he's fantastic. Yeah, he's Again, yeah. we need we need to get a petition going and get him Mark back Tyler, over he's here. So he's so 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 past it. It's unbelievable. But it, again, there's videos going about Peter Joy because he was in the commentary for him. But you see with uh, um, Graham, Graham Lassau, and he's just every 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 game we've seen this season, home or away, he does commentary for Arsenal. And I was like, but in general, no, he's a professional. He doesn't get, he doesn't let bias D or anything get in his way of what his job. And he just speaks so passionately about the game, and he, 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 you can feel that in, he, in his words and he's, how he talks about. In the, he's describing the game to you. Where's Martin Tyler? Says Martin Tyler, who talks about fucking everyone being fantastic compared to Arsenal. Arsenal is this thing happening? It's just fucking so negative. I'm just fucking sick of it. I mean, Gary Neville, Mr. Manchester United as well, by the way, going back to the um, the penalty situation, he said, he, like we said, it's, it was a soft pen, but for him to say that's a soft pen himself, I'm thinking, you're the guy, along with your brother and others, that are to this day boasting about kicking a, now a deceased man off the pitch back in 2005, up in the air, and boasting about it to this day. But that's but that's yeah. so that was a, that's okay compared to, and you compare the changes you did on that day by the way compared to that and you're going oh that's soft isn't it? Like, he's, he used to be a I decent pundit he's just a... completely lost it now he's become a parody of himself. Yeah, but Jamie yeah. Carragher I think is Jamie Carragher I think he's got better and better I think he's actually really good. Uh, his analysis got put on him after what he did a couple of years ago with the uh, Spitgate incident. Yeah, exactly. But, oh. but it, uh, you have to ha- take your hat off to him with his analysis. I think it's absolutely quality. I mean, I was yeah, watching he, yeah. Monday Night so, Football a bit before I was waiting to come on here. And he, he he was 
doing the Arsenal game yesterday and mm. he's really, really complimentary about Arsenal. And it's not just that, but I think his, his analysis is absolutely spot on. Whereas, I don't think, I don't think I whereas Gary Neville, he's just gone rapidly downhill. He's just absolutely oh, yeah, he's, fast. He doesn't, he's, a, he's a fast now. Yeah, he doesn't hide his main United bias either when it comes <laughs> When it comes to his old like, the rivalries he had as a player, he doesn't hide it. So Arsenal doing well and his team doing shit doesn't doesn't go well for him. And he's like, oh, I've got to have a go at Arsenal somewhere. But what really pissed me off yesterday in Sky, John Barnes, being the guest pundit <laughs> on the day, and at the oh, end, and they're talking about challenging for the, uh, Arsenal challenging for the title. He's dead. You could see his face. He's like, no, 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 you cannot say that. You cannot say that. No, no, no. Top four, that's it. And I'm like, how biased can you be? Yes, we've just beat your team. Yes, you're a bit butt hurt because of that. But you can't, you cannot say at this moment in time we are not in a in that discussion for the title because we are top of the league. We are the, the only team that we are the only team that looks to be pushing City for this title. Tottenham will, Tottenham will do Tottenham. So as I say, it's just be City. Even Roy Keane was uh, was said that before this game tonight on Monday Night Football. Yeah, he said. He said, "Yeah, of course, Arsenal are the only challengers for Man City at the moment. Yeah, someone else may come out of the pack, but at the moment, as it stands, yeah, it's Arsenal and City." And it goes back to what I said. Yeah, goes back to what I said before. Most of this, most of the media and the pundits the, of the ex of the clubs that like the Dan, uh, Danny Mills, or we all know he's but uh, Danny uh, Danny Murphy, Jermaine Genus, all these players that played against Arsenal when, in their peaks of their careers, and when, when Arsenal were at their peak. And bullying them week in week out, they're that but heard Arsenal are now doing well. There's a lot of resentment. There's a lot yeah, of the resentment. Field of resentment and the hatred, and it's just like, are you are you that are you that bitter? Basically, you can't just hold your hands up and be a professional and say, you know what, Arsenal are at a point at that moment are at, at, at a point at the moment where they deserve to be where they are. They're on merit. And what a fantastic job Arteta and the rest of that club have done to get us to this point compared to where we were when he walked through the doors and after you and I me. I don't know how why you give talk shite the time. I mean, I'd literally rather go and pick up all everyone else's dog shit. Laura Wood, that's it. To, that. to be honest, it's a slow wood, so I'm being honest. She's a gooner, yeah. so I've got to keep her out. For <laughs> yeah, but I stopped, <laughs> stopped listening to that about six or seven years ago, I think it was. I just couldn't take it anymore. One day I thought, what? Why am I listening to this shite? It's, it's the most anti-biased <laughs> Arsenal thing you can ever come across, and every pundit they've got is shite. I mean, but yeah, someone uh, Nemeth said in the chat there, Micah Richards, he's a fantastic oh, yeah. pundit. I love him. Very, he's, been fanta- he's been fantastic pundit since the day he walked into the job. He's, he's, he's never yeah. shown a bias towards anyone, even though he's a bit, even though man, even though he obviously he's a Man City player, feels he sees himself as a legend and all that, and because of he was a part of the part of that time where things are switched from Man City to go to where they are now. He'll be if they're playing crap, he'll be brutally honest. He won't hide behind the sitting the fence or nothing. He'll be brutally honest. If and Arsenal at the moment are doing well, so he is being he's being brutally honest. He's saying no, he's been he's been good. He's been he's one of them ones that have been honest from day one about us. But his yeah, other yeah. so so he, he made that bad. comment, didn't he, about how um yeah when it's Arsenal and he, he really went to town on a couple of other, I can't remember the, the, the setup that he was with. Um, it was after the North London Derby got postponed last season, the away one. That's right. Yeah. 
And, and he just sort of said it does always seem to be Arsenal, doesn't it? Cause, yeah, because Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher had a kickoff because obviously they weren't going to do it. They, they weren't getting their payday. That they weren't going to get paid because of that game got called off at the last minute when it did. They were they had a massive bitch fit because it was Arsenal doing it. Everyone else was doing it at the time before us, but as soon as we do it, and he just got to the next and what, it was the next week and obviously it's the next weekend, the match day weekend, and he just said, "I don't." He just said, "I don't get why Arsenal get this this." Special treatment where there's when I say he says when I say special treatment where they do something, it's blown up out of proportion and they're attacking yeah. that front center. Yeah, Anyone exactly. else, that, yeah, upset. that's right. Remember now, yeah, the, when we when we had that's the what, game again, that's, that's, that's why I like Mikovic because he's he's just he says it how it is. He's, he's he doesn't hide, he doesn't have any bias, he doesn't. He was been, right from right from those early yeah. days, he's been very complimentary about what Mike. Um, uh, Mikel Arteta's been doing at the club as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think over and above anyone else, all of his colleagues, he's um, yeah. pipping us for, for top four. No, he just sees it, says it as he sees it, doesn't he? He's, he's not got any mm. airs or graces around no you know, with him, certain he's clubs. Not, he's just, as you say, he's no, no agenda. It's just, he, sees it, he says it as he sees it. And he yeah. does, it, he rubs off the likes of Gay Neville and uh, Kerrigan were now in the, we're now on the side of each other, perhaps off the wrong way, but I don't give a shit. I'd rather have someone like Mickey Richards who's on actually saying how saying how it is about any and everything. Basically just being I'm talking like a football fan. Not just being I mean Graham's seen this today as well, complaining about the penalty and now now one that wasn't given. Oh, surprise, surprise, the ex Liverpool man get upset that he's the Liverpool team playing bad at the moment and taking out an Arsenal. Oh, some shock over there. It's, it just does my head in. Can people just, in the media, stop complaining, put your agendas to one side for a brief moment and look at what what's happening at Arsenal and actually give us some fucking praise and don't dictate to us, the fans and the club, respectively, how we celebrate our wins, no matter who we play. We will celebrate how we want to celebrate. If you don't like that, switch the TV off and shut up. Don't, don't say anything. Exactly. If you say anything, I'm going to come at you. Couldn't agree more. Oh, dear. <coughs> um, <laughs> ran over. <laughs> oh, dear. We've hardly spoken bad. about the actual game, have we? <laughs> yeah, bits, and bobs, bits and bobs, the main, the main topics so far. Um, Saka, we'll get on to Saka in a second, but uh, Dia, um, in the chat says if Diaz never got injured, would we have won? I think we still would have won, it's just been more difficult than what it became see, in the end. I love that bit where um, Martinelli completely burned Diaz in a race, they literally just set off, didn't they? Yeah, 100 meters right. race towards the ball, and that's what that's what put Pedro Diaz, Diaz really. He got injured there. Diaz, Diaz got a head start on that as well. In fact, he might have yeah, caught, I know. Saliba, Saliba had a foot race and caught up outpaced him as well. Honestly, I, I, I'm not going to be um, stupid about it. Diaz is a good talent. He's a good talent, and but I, I honestly think, again, talking about the media, they have overhyped this kid massively. And when you stop, when you look yeah. at the youngsters we've got, obviously such as Martinelli. <laughs> I would never sort of never swap even consider swapping anyone for um, for, for the players that we've got. I mean, Martinelli for me, it's just 
I, I, I'm, that's a, I'm not just being biased, am I? He's levels above Diaz, from, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Diaz is a good player. I'm not slacking Diaz at all. He's a good player. And, you know, they've done well to get him. But he is not as good quality as Martinelli, as far as I'm concerned. Does Martinelli get any of the press that Diaz gets? Honestly, they, yeah. they as soon as he touches the ball, it's like, oh, God, you know, he's such a good player. They literally go on and on and on about him ever since he's joined joined Liverpool. But, yeah, I I, um, I don't think it would have changed anything if he'd have stayed on the pitch, to be honest. I think he um, would have still won the game. Um, yeah. no, no, that's what I'm saying. I think he would have won the game. It, just, it would have been, had an extra player for X amount of, say, another half an hour or so, but we would still, it still would have gone on, gone on one. In my yeah, opinion, so. on to that. I mean, Saka, I mean, again, gets to second goal for us, gets the winning goal. And like we say about the media, not because he's playing for Arsenal, he ain't getting the attention he does. If he was playing for anyone else, and he's got the performances he has been since he broke through, he'll be getting raved left, right, and centre. Well, there's still people that put him alongside Sancho, who starts for England. I mean, it's just a ridiculous mm. conversation to be had. He's levels above anything else that England have got. Yeah. And yet he still gets sort of uh, bracketed with, yeah. with, with these other average players. I mean, what he's done this season, what he did, he, he, he's just constantly improving. I mean, it's scary to think how good he'll be when he peaks. You know, he's still a young lad. He's still growing, still learning the game. It's, uh, it's, it's frightening how good he is and how, you know, from such a short space of time from when he first burst onto the scene with Arsenal, how important he is to, to what we do. He's a phenomenal player. And I, like you said, I don't think he gets the, the praise that he, he's you know, owed, really. You know, he's been through a lot as well. Let's not forget the fact that, you know, during the Euros, you know, he, he would have been at rock bottom. But for him to have bounced back out of all of the players, you know, he's bounced back. He missed that penalty. You know, he steps up yesterday. I mean, I, I can only imagine um, the pressure that he was under. But you would yeah. never have known. He, he slotted that penalty away. That absolutely fantastic. Just, just a great player. Exactly. Again, I think Conor mentioned it in the chat in the live stream yesterday as well. Um, in terms of Saka, what what a turnaround in a short period as well. Just over a year now it's been. But at the time when it's when this when this sort of thing started in terms of taking penalties, we asked I'll be our penalty taker basically to come um, back at Chelsea last season. When you think that first his first ever penalty as a professional was that final. And obviously, what happened, and the abuse he got, and I mean, the, the mental fatigue that would have taken out of him, not just because of the abuse he got, but being so young and not maybe having the at that moment in time the support of the, the networks around him on the pitch, as in the manager, because the manager of Southgate, what Southgate is, for him to. Turn, not just not say turn his off, turn his off, and he didn't have to. It was to take that on the chin, like the, like the others, take that on the chin at 19, take all that thing, take it on the chin and use that and make yourself a even and go out your way to prove people wrong even more. All them idiots that are out there go up, oh, you keep saying what you got to say because I'm going to stick it to you, and this is how I'm going to do it on the pitch. And then from literally, as I say, Chelsea away last season onwards, 
to take that penalty in that moment as well, three two. I know it's nearly into the game as well at the time, and then stick it away. And ever since then, whenever we get a penalty, he wants to take it to have that to have that mental ability to take a moment that must have been so raw and painful for him in so many ways, not just because of the abuse he was getting from idiots online and turn it into a positive now and use it as a way to be better. you got, again, for, for a kid that's what was not, not, at 19 at the time, he's now 21. 21, this kid. And as I say, you've got to give him massive plaudits and, and plaudits not just to him, but also to the lots of Arteta his family and everyone around him that's got behind him from that moment and shown them the support that he would have needed to get to that point. Because what is it in the, I watched the Amazon documentary, you know, talk, talked about um, Saka and basically had a media. And I said, mentions how the English media loved to build someone up and then just chuck him to the floor and, and just tear them turn to pieces at one, in, one, in one moment. And I think that him knowing, obviously, Arteta with that knowledge, with everything that then went on before, before I, uh, back in the summer, that season, before that season started, clearly got the right team behind Art Saka and helped him and got him through that tough period. And again, for a time, again, I can't, I can't, I can't say it, for a, kid, for a kid, he said a kid who carried this team for the first two, three years of his career, he's now got a bit of pressure taken off him because we've got fantastic players around him now and he's still the talk of our team in terms of he's come from our academy he's the star boy and that and I think that really irks we've seen it as certain rival fans on other channels it really irks and that we call our player like, like a star boy oh he's not a star boy da, 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 over, Arsenal overrating him oh you've got we see him week in week out be it in the stadium or on the TV we see week in week out what he is, and the sooner rivals, rivalry, rival fans, we put the rivalry aside for a second and watch him. Just watch him and see what he's all about, and you understand what for him to come through, what he came through to get to this point. You can't, you can't fault it, and yeah, I mean, what have you, you think to add to that, Andrew? In terms of what that penalty, as you said, the pressure he must have been under. Slotted it away perfectly, like you said. But it seems just, that it all goes back to that moment back in the last uh, summer last year. That everything goes back to that moment. And he's, he's harnessed that with, with the right people around him and turned it into a positive. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the, the penalties he scored since. They've always been, they've all been against big, big clubs, haven't they? Yeah. I think Chelsea. Um, Chelsea. Is it Man United? United. Chelsea United back to back, yeah. Then one small game against Tottenham, and then yesterday. Exactly. So Chelsea, <laughs> Man United, Tottenham, and che- and uh, Liverpool. He scored. When do, when is when's the right time to forget what he did for England? You know, in the that last game. I mean, mm. is he not due to a bit, a bit of respite now from that being reminded of it consistently? His mentality <laughs> is elite. He's got yeah, an elite my, mentality on the pitch, yeah, exactly. and, that's, and, and that's my point that he. That he, that that moment, that painful moment he he was going through, 
him and I've, and the team around him used that as a positive and turned it into a positive now. But as you say, why can't people just let that go and just get exactly. appreciate, I mean, appreciate the talent we've got as a country? Yeah, I mean, England fans and, you know, people like that, weirdos. Um, I'm <laughs> <laughs> the Southgate. No, I mean, uh, it's always going to be remembered for the rest of his life. You can't get away from that because it was a massive moment in international football for England. Um, the final kick, literally, of the Euros in the final. And will we ever get that far ever again? I don't know, in any kind of competition. Um, we may do, but it may be another long, long wait. So it's always going to be remembered. But especially us as Arsenal fans, I mean, I think we've moved on from that. I mean, I've never really thought about it much. Mm. I just see him goals away you know, and scoring the penalties that he's had since. But what is easily apparent is, that, like I just said a couple of minutes ago, is he's got an elite mentality, that kid. You cannot underestimate yeah. the weight that he had holding on to the ball, having other you know, Liverpool players come into his face. I think Virgil van Dijk at one point That's was right. giving him the They tried to um, grab the ball off him, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And to, to just brush that off, it, it's just amazing. You know, you can't say high, praise him highly enough for that sort of side of his game. And I think I heard on the podcast this morning, he's got seven goal involvements. He's got three goals and four assists in 11 yeah. games. Ain't yeah. too shabby when he's, apparently he's really under par, is it? That's right. What's going to yeah, happen when he's actually par? What's going to happen when he's par and exceeding par, you know, under par? So, yeah, you got, I mean, you can't praise the kid high enough, honestly. He's just outstanding alongside a lot of our other players. And the, the forgotten man almost, which is, I feel sorry for, when we had this conversation a week or two ago, Ryan, is um, Emile Smith-Rowe. Yeah. And I genuinely, genuinely, but stand by what I said before, that he could be our secret weapon in the second half of this season. Mm. A really fit, pumped up, motivated Smith Rowe, um, when he comes back into the team, could literally be our secret weapon come the, the new year. Look what happened when he came in at the beginning of last summer, uh, last season. Hit sorry, ground running, didn't yeah. he? I mean, my word, eleven goals was it? I think. And mm. if he comes in and does something similar after Christmas, when everyone else may be flagging. He could be outstanding. So, the, the young players we've got, um, I couldn't, I would not swap them for any other players in the world. You know, I just love, I love them, and that same could be said for pretty much the whole team you know, at the moment, yeah. right the way through to the, you know, the fringe players like, like we said yesterday earlier, Rob Holding on the side of the pitch, yeah. pumping, you know, his fists and, and getting everyone fired up from us. It's just fantastic to see. So yeah, it's just wonderful. Yeah. But regarding I mean, Saka, I mean, I said it, I do think he's getting back to his best now, Saka. I really do. Yeah. And Russ said in the chat as well, uh, he says, I think Vieira will have a big second after the season as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he can't, quality can't, well. can't dispute that either. He does no. also say in the chat as well. Go on, sorry, go on, get gone. No, no, I was just about to say, with, with Vieira, you almost. Not that you forget about him, but because of how well Odegaard's playing and, and uh, you know, the other creative players, you sort of, you have to pinch yourself to think we've got another superstar talent on the bench mm. in Vieira. Mm. It, 
you know, going back to the, the squad depth, you know, almost unheard of, certainly in the mm. last decade, that we could look to the bench and see that array of talent, you know, like for like players, players that are genuinely pushing other players to become better. You know, I don't think there's one player on that pitch that truly believes that they're a dead cert every game. You know, yes, you know, Arteta has gone with a, you know, similar lineups because of how successful it's been. But I don't think anybody's sitting there thinking, I can just be a passenger. You know, everyone's pushing everyone. And anyone that comes in is saying, I want a bit of this. You know, no one's coming in, you know, not, not really performing. Everybody's performing. It's, it's just great to see. So definitely Vieira, I think, has got a big part to play, not just in the second part of the season. I think just this season alone, I think he's already shown that he's he's capable in this country. Mm. He doesn't look out of place. I think there's question marks over, you know, he might be a little bit lightweight. I'm not seeing that. I, I think I he's, he's come yeah. in and done, done what he's needed to, to do at this stage. Yeah, I don't subscribe to that worry about his, his body type. You know, I won't go all again. I've said it before, but I just think he's a robust player. I think he's always, you know, he'll just get himself up and dust himself off. He's been like that. All his life, I'm sure. Yeah. So I, I've got no issues with that at all. No issues with his size. I just think he's a. I think he's a tough cookie. Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, Russ is only also in the chat. Uh, I have concerns about Gabriel Marguez. I don't think he is maintaining concentration levels during matches. Which, but was, it's, the thing is, whilst we're winning, why? Until it starts costing us wins basically if we were losing if it starts it starts costing us in terms of we start losing that's when I think we might see a change in Gabriel maybe in terms of take him out of the squad take the pressure off him a bit move Ben White over Tommy Asu if we've got if we can things like that but whilst we're winning I don't see Arteta changing that and I think that again that's another reason why we're seeing Gabriel play midweek in terms of the Europa League because because of out of the two out of the two main centre-backs at the moment this season in terms of him and Saliba. Saliba's, as we say, we've been saying every week, he's above and beyond and doesn't he, he doesn't need to play into form, basically. He doesn't need to worry about certain, certain things out of his game as of yet, touch wood. Whereas Gabriel, as you say, about concentration, little mistakes here and there. He needs to get he needs to play them out of his out of the way. And I think what I said his mindset is him playing in Europa League. Hopefully, that, that extra game or so will hopefully knock that out of knock the mistakes and, that, and get him as you say, as the comment says, his concentration level to a high where him and Saliba are in sync. Because as it stands, Saliba. Sleeper's concentration, we've got, we got no doubt about Saliba in terms of his concentration levels. He is on it from the get-go. He's always covering not just Gabriel and others if they get caught out as well. So imagine if Gabriel can actually catch up with him in terms of concentration levels and how solid we'll, we would then be as a as a back four. But I say, I don't I don't know about you guys, I don't see him, I don't see Arteta just pulling him out of the squad, at, not out of the squad, at the eleven whilst we're winning. He doesn't want to accept the harmony within the team. You go, Greg. I was going to. Well, it just goes back to you. You don't change a winning team, do you? And mm. uh, I, I think part of Gabriel's game will be that he has a mistake in him. Um, 
fortunately at the moment we, we you know we're, we're able to you know overcome them whether it's giving away a penalty etc i mean the touch yesterday um he has to try and attempt to play that ball he has to try and get something on it it's unfortunate that the ball obviously goes through and liverpool go in and score but i think on the flip side what he brings to the team far outweighs that sort of moment of madness if you like or that lack of concentration i think he's such a physical presence um, I think he really compliments Saliba. Um, you know, very good in the air, strong, athletic. You know, loves playing for Arsenal as well. I think that's clear yeah. to see. You know, his relationship with the fans is amazing. I think in the first half he was trying to pump up the fans, and they all reacted to it. You know, so he's yeah. he's an Arsenal man already. Um, I, I think he's a, a great player. Um, like some of yeah. our best centre halves, I, I think. You know that they've always had that 89 minutes worth of concentration and that one minute where they can switch off um, and it's unfortunate yeah. if you know if that's a midfielder or an attacker and they don't trap the ball they don't control the ball it doesn't really get looked at but because it's a center half much like a goalkeeper that one mistake often leads to a goal i think that's just going to be part of his game but i definitely think what he brings to the team far outweighs the uh the odd mistake 100 yeah, percent. and i, I dread to think what careers Tony Adams and Martin Keown would have had if Twitter and <laughs> social media and podcasts had been around back in that day. You know it. The amount, of, it. The amount of mistakes I used to see them make all the time, it was ridiculous. You know, especially when Tony Adams came through to the team to start off with. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had the nickname, the donkey, didn't he? And, yeah, you know, because he kept making mistake after mistake at some point. But he is re well-renowned as being our greatest defender of all time. Mm. Um, he would have just been constantly criticised non-stop. This kid, you've got to give... You know, I totally agree with everything you just said, Greg. It's really nice to hear because I, I just think that he's just so much under the microscope. And why can't we support every player in the team equally? Why can't... Why is Gabriel getting treated so much more harshly as William Saliba when William Saliba is also making mistakes in each game yeah. that he's playing so far? Yeah. Why? Uh, why does that happen? Why can't we be equally supportive to all of our players? Why do we have to have a favourite and the other player and the other ones are all competing against each other? To you know, I just don't get it. You know, support them. You've got to remember how young Gabriel is as well. You know, he's yeah. still exactly. a young he's lad. Not... He's learning his trade. For a central defender, he's very, very young. Very young. Yeah, and he's young. He's it... raw, but he's going to get better. I, you know, I was saying about Tony Adams and Martin Keown. I think they are a very, very similar partnership, Saliba and and uh, Gabriel. Gabriel is like the Martin Keown. I heard might have been Clive say say, it, and I, I think, yeah, you you bang on there. Martin Keown made he, he was like a real, um, you know, obviously he was just called obviously called the Rash, wasn't he? Like his, his nickname. He was all over the place. He was regressive. You know, he had, he was really, um, uh, you know, high on his, uh, I can't think of the bloody word. Um, yeah, he let his emotions, emotional. He was a yep. very emotional player. That's the word I was trying to come up wore his heart on his sleeve, didn't he? Put everything yeah, he in, let things affect him. Yes. He let yep. things affect him during games. Gabriel, I think, is very, very similar. Whereas Tony Adams was a lot more, in lots of cases, more like William Saliba. I think he was a bit more fiery than William Saliba, but 
that it was. Oh, I've said this. Yeah, yeah. It's, again, like I said a couple of weeks ago, good cop, bad cop type of thing. One yeah. of them can't. Yeah, it's a very good partnership. <laughs> so I, I think that they are they complement each other brilliantly, and I just think we need to give the, give him some slack. He is still learning that his trade at his age, and he's performing against some excellent. Yeah, obviously it's, it's the biggest, best league in the world. We're playing against the best team, Liverpool yesterday, best team in Europe. Uh, you know, with top four, top four best teams in Europe, possibly even maybe top three for what they did last season. Uh, Tottenham the week before, I mean, however much we hate him, they're still a you know decent team managed by a good manager with crack. You know, it's amazing forward that he was coming up against. He had to go for that ball as well. You know, we said you know after the North London derby, if we if he if he hadn't made an effort to try and stop that strike by uh, Richarlison, everyone would have said, "Why did he not make an effort to stop that shot by Richarlison? He can't, couldn't win." You know, so um, I just think we need to back him. If yeah, the, the mistakes he's making as well are not like Mustafi mistakes. They're not like no. some of the David Luiz mistakes we've seen in the past. They are things that can be ironed out through time. Yes, you shouldn't, you know, there's things like letting the ball bounce, blah, blah. It, it happens from time to time. But the mistakes he's making are not being, no one's talking about all the amazing stuff that he's doing for 90% of the game, 95% of the game. You know, he's playing brilliantly most of the time. He's made one or two mistakes. If it gets worse and worse and worse, then obviously they would have to have another look at it you know, in a while. We've got mm. nothing to worry about because we've got some fantastic players to come in and take his place, like Tommy Asu, for example. So we haven't got anything major to worry about at the moment. We're winning. They're creating a really good partnership. Just back him and we'll see where it takes us because I, I really rate him as well. I think he's a great player. He's much better than so many of the central defenders we've had in the past. Much better. Yeah, exactly. and to go, just touch on Gabriel the, the mistakes and all that. Fulham, I can't remember what match day it was there. Match day, Fulham, 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 match day four? I think it was. Fulham at home this season makes a mistake. Not just the fans got behind them, but the team put their arm around them and said, don't worry, we're going to get through this. Da, 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 da. He, goes, he goes, uh, goes on to score the winning goal. And they all come over yeah, and celebrate with them. He's got he great mentality. He doesn't let his head drop, does he? Once he does make a mistake, he well, makes exactly. it right. Exactly, because again, that's again having the right not just not just the players on the pitch at the time, but in terms of day to day training, you've got the right team around you, the right people around you to build that mentality in your head where you're safe. You make a mistake, don't worry. You dust yourself off and go again. Mm. Whereas too many years gone now, we've had especially since the. Uh, the invincible season, the you know, three or four seasons, and that sort of, that squad got dismantled over the next few years afterwards. Look at the sort of dross we had to put up with: Scalacci, Socrates, um, Mustafi, uh, Sendalos. You really have to remind us. <laughs> but this is my point. We've had, we've gone through all that. We've got to a point now where we've got not just a fantastic partnership between Saliba and Gabriel. But in general, we've got fantastic defenders. But because of one is that way and the other, so to speak, everyone sort of jumps on the other, even though the mistakes he is making aren't really that catastrophic because they're not really 
affecting us in terms of our result in the end. And as you say, it doesn't. They, they, as they come, they come together as a team, they dust themselves down and they go again. They don't they never give up? They never they never say die attitude. And it's getting stronger and stronger game by game. The more we win, the stronger it's getting. But by the looks of it as well. So as it's still, said, a, it's still like, a young partnership in terms of them actually yeah. playing alongside each other as well. They've only, they've played what less than fifteen games together, so they're still learning each other's yeah. game as much as anything else. Eleven, isn't it? I think. yeah. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, no, it's, it's less less than that because they haven't played like the uh, European ties. Uh, yeah, European playing games together. Yeah, yeah. European ties together either. And again, probably the youngest partnership out of the teams that are in Europe this season. And look at look how we're doing so far compared mm. to others. You go to the so I just really, I really really wish people could just get behind all of our players. Yeah. And, it's cut out with this stupid playing one player off against each other. Like, you know, like at the beginning of the season, it was like the uh, Saliba versus Ben White debate and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Just, you know, it just ties me out sometimes. Just, Unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's the minority as opposed to the majority, isn't it? So yeah, it is you, you, you're, you're always going to get those individuals that are going to say things just for the likes, just for the clicks. I, I think yeah. real real fans are happy that we've like, touched on it already, that we've got this depth now that we, we, we never had. We never had that level of, of competition in our team. You'd have your, your first and second choice centre-halves and then the rest of the team, you sort of think, Jesus, if he comes in, we're in trouble this week. I, mm. I, I don't feel that at the moment. No. Yeah. And it's only going to get better. Like I said, we've eaten Smith Rowe coming back as well. Add him to the bench. I mean, it's yeah. going to be even better. You know, going forward, it's just phenomenal. And like I said to, to um, like I've said before, Greg, can you can you ever even think that last season, if you thought uh, that this season, Tommy Asu and Tierney were going to be our reserve fullbacks? Not, not a chance. They were two of the first two of the first names on the team sheet, weren't they, last season? Big time, yeah. big time. It's mad. Yep. It's mad how it's changed over one season. It's phenomenal. Really. And it's not. It's not because they've dropped off. It, no, <laughs> at all. It's no. just that that competition for places is even just brilliant. Yeah, even stronger now. Yeah. Oh dear, got the Arsenal miss it. Pick up to uh, Steve in the chat. How you doing? I hope you're keeping well, my friend. Um, yeah. Before we go, we're going to touch on midweek. We've got away midweek to Bodo Glint. It is going. It's going to be another win for us at midweek going into Leeds. And how do you see? How do you, how do you guys see Leeds going as well? Both away, by the way. It's going to be tough. Uh, they're always a tough team to play against. I don't, not quite as sort of um, quick and and pressy as they were before uh, Leeds, but um, they are still. They've still got some very good players. Got a lot of pace in their side, so they've got to be careful. But I fully yeah. expect another three points. To be honest, I, I, you know. <laughs> Anything can happen, you know. I, do you know what? I think the weird thing is, I've got a really weird feeling that Liverpool might turn over Man City this weekend. It's a sort of game that Liverpool might you win. You can see him doing you know? it, can't you? You can see him yeah, doing it. Yeah, something has to give us a at all. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them at all. So, um, I'm not banking on it, but I've just got that weird feeling that it, that it might be one of those weird... Things that might kickstart league Liverpool again or something like that, but don't we play? I, I, I think we'll 
Sorry, go. I was just saying, that, I think we kick off before right, as well. I think, that, that, I think that's the main event on Sunday, isn't it? Uh, 4 30 yeah. kickoff in Liverpool v City. So yeah, we could potentially, obviously, we do our job on at two o'clock. Going going into that game, we could have a four point gap basically, and hoping and suddenly we're all Liverpool fans <laughs> for ninety minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're going to redouble their efforts again, aren't they, Liverpool? They've got to. Yeah. They've literally so, so, got to. So it's the In terms of the league, something has to give at some point. They can't keep going down this route of ha- having eventual consequences to Klopp and. Anyone else at the club? Yeah, exactly. But I, I think it will be tough against Leeds. It, it always is. Uh, but I, I do think we're going to win. Um, I think I think you'd be disappointed coming away. Would be would be disappointing with the way that we're playing and the way that Leeds are playing as well. Um, yeah. That we would come away with anything but three points, and that's that's not an arrogance. I think if we're serious about you know challenging for the title. City don't fear going to Leeds, and I don't see why we should either. Um, no, but we. But then you know, Southampton go to City and get something like last season. Yes, or Crystal yeah. Palace go to City and get something. Like when we went to Palace, Brighton, and Southampton and lost three straight games last season on the back of a really good run previously. Mm. So anything can happen, can't it, in the Premier League? I'm just, I'm not being cup half, half full, uh, sorry, half empty type of scenario. But uh, just saying, I don't think there's any, any pushovers really at the moment. You get, you get the old freak result. And I do, one thing is, I do expect us this season to turn over someone at least six. I reckon we're going to get a real thumping at one day where everything's going to come together. I think, I think, I think it'll be this weekend though. I, think, I, I do expect us to win maybe two or three nil uh, fairly comfortably in the end, score line wise. I don't expect anything less than a win. And no. Bodo Glimt is going to be really, really tough. It's going to be a completely different situation to last week. Because I think the stadium capacity is 8,000 and it's a plastic pitch. Yeah. And in the Arctic Circle, it's going to be a really <laughs> tough game. Luckily, I don't think it... If the worst case scenario is and we even lost that game, I don't like. I don't want to even contemplate that because of the momentum and everything. But I, I, I still think we'll win the group, which is which is a plus point. Um, but uh, it's not going to be an easy game. And I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm not looking forward to that one for the team. I mean, I'm obviously always looking forward to watching Arsenal, but the team are going to find it fairly tough, I think, in those conditions in that stadium. On that plastic pitch, so fingers crossed for that one. I just hope we don't get any injuries because plastic pitches are notoriously bad for twisting your knee, twisting your your foot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, that's all I hope for. We get through that game unscathed. Really, that Thursday game is going to be a not a nice one to be honest for the players. I think we're. I think we're. You know, I think we'll just have enough to get out of that game with a three points as well. And personally, it's just yeah. I think so. Yeah, it's just a. It's just a horrible scenario to have to do at this time in this month of this month of all months with the amount of games we've got to go in play in, in those conditions. It's not pleasant, is it? Really, Which, it makes you more thankful that it got called off in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear, I, I, but been... again, I do expect a, a, probably a similar scoreline, uh, maybe two-one, something like that. Maybe they'll get a goal. Oh, I, oh, I do expect us to win again, but it, it's just not a nice trip to have to make in those conditions. 
I think two nil three one probably to ask either two nil or three one. I think it'd be a two goal swing in it. I think we'd, as I say, I think we'll just have enough, even though the pitch is what it is and all that, and their, their fans are behind them. I think we're again, no matter what team, even the B team puts out. I think we again we just we just have enough to get ourselves over that line without having to rely on. Hopefully, he doesn't do what he did um, last last Thursday and rest certain players at the start and bring them on for no reason, especially with a two nil up or something like that. But um, no, I think as I say, I think it'd be two. I think yeah, probably more likely two nil actually. Think about it now actually, but. Um, Steve F is in the chat, says three points at Leeds and Bolo going to be more difficult as we need to win that game too. I think, yeah, I think it would be more difficult in terms of, as I say, the pitch being the more the most difficult thing of it all because of, you're adapted to something completely different than you're used to. But, yeah, we, we, again, we should. I mean, Greg, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think Le- Leeds won't be easy, but I, you know, fully expecting three points. I would be disappointed if we come away with with a point um which again is something that in, in seasons gone by you probably wouldn't have looked at you look at a, a tricky away game at leeds with a hostile crowd um you know a, a point's not a bad result there old, <coughs> old arsenal but certainly the way that we're playing this season fully expect three points the the midweek game i would hope that he rests more players than what he did last thursday i must admit i was a bit surprised yeah. when the likes of jesus and saka come off the bench i'm thinking if yeah if one of these picks up an injury, how do you explain this one? Because there was really no need at that point. You know, if anything, you want to give the, the players like Reese Nelson a run out uh, yeah. earlier than what he did. So um, it'd be interesting to see who he takes over there. Because um, like you say, the conditions, you know, the weather, the pitch, you know, all kind of go against you. Um, yeah. Should should both be wins. Should both be comfortable wins. Um, and then that set, sets us up nicely for the for the few games before obviously the uh, the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um I think we'll we'll stop wrapping things up. Obviously thanks to Andrew and Greg coming along. Greg, thanks again. No, thanks, thanks for having me guys. Again. It's been a it's been good fun. Yeah. Okay, hope you hope you run again soon, mate. Most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. With your, with your hoodie and mug, obviously. I was just about to say I'll, I'll, I'll be sipping out the, <laughs> the sipping out the cup and uh, wearing the hoodie. Don't you worry. He's <laughs> coming into hoodie season, so yeah. Most definitely. Oh dear, definitely. De- Oops, assuming postal strikes don't screw things up, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, again, Andrew, thanks. You got your podcast tomorrow, haven't you, Andrew? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So come over, everyone watching this, please come over to my channel tomorrow, 7.30, from Dial Square to Wear for more of the same. We're going in depth on the game and um, a lot of the individual players and their performances tomorrow. Really looking forward to that. So, yeah, come and join us at half past seven from Dial Square to Wear. Yep. And everyone else in the chat, thanks for popping along. Even the ones that pop, just popping in in the last twenty odd minutes, or just popping in now in terms of Gary, where have you been all night, Gary? What's going on? <laughs> meant to be a mod. Um, oh dear, but yeah, thanks to everyone that's popped in and kept the chat going as well. Put your thoughts in the chat as well about, about the game and, and what we all the discussion points and all that. Um, in terms of this week as well, as I say, I'm on, I'm on um, Andrew's channel tomorrow. For his podcast, as I say, come and join us for that. And then, trying to think, on Thursday, it's an early kickoff, isn't it? As well, Thursday, 
because of the way. So that's going to be fun organising. Yeah, so I'll be, I'll be around for that one. And doing, in terms of doing a watch along for that, I would then be doing probably a podcast on Friday in, in previewing for Leeds and then match their day on Saturday, even though we're not playing, keeping an eye on our rivals and all that jazz. And then Sunday, the main event, two main events actually, you've got the Arsenal v Leeds game. Then you've got the Arsenal, the Arsenal women back, women back from international break against Reading. So yeah, I'll be doing two watch songs on Saturday, on Sunday, sorry. I'll be busy, busy bee on Sunday. And then obviously come back on the following Monday for the podcast in reaction to Leeds, no matter what happens there. Hopefully, um, Steve will be back as well next week. I think he's on holiday this week. So hopefully he'll be back nice and refreshed and ready to go. In, nice and warm in his nice warm house as well. Not in the, not in the, uh, the, the, the Hawaiian the hut. The shed. The garage. <laughs> garage shed. <laughs> Melbourne dungeon. <laughs> Partial, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The audio for this is going to be up in the next thirty to forty minutes, depending on how it takes to download. So if you want to listen to this back on Spotify or any old any of the other audio platforms, keep an eye out for like the next half hour. And yeah, if you want, you're listening to it on Spotify as well, give us a rating out of five. It does help out get the podcast, the audio side of things. Uh, notice, notice, notice a lot quicker as well, and a lot more. I'd be massively appreciated. Um, if you're new to the channel, do subscribe, do smash that like button. And the link to memberships is in the description below. And I think it was Colonel who earlier put a link in the chat for the merchandise that we've mentioned already <coughs> for the channel. Um, but don't go, go and check that out as well. Anything you fa- take your fancy to, feel free to um, purchase and let us know how it comes across, basically. Um, until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your evening, morning, night, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. And as always, up the Arsenal. Come on, you gunners. We are top leagues. And- Thank you for listening to From Dial Square to Air. Please help us grow by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and following the show on your preferred podcast platform. Please also visit our Facebook page, our Twitch channel and of course our YouTube channel, and whilst you are there, please subscribe and hit the notification button so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Please also press the like button on the video so we can get recommended by YouTube to other Arsenal fans all around the world. See you soon. Thank you.